G'day, community, and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Super Coach Podcast. We're here with a new bloody split spin on things. Spin being the operative word. We're here to talk Super Coach BBL for 2020. I'm excited. I'm joined by some legends of the Super Coach BBL community. Damo, Azza, and Dill. How are you, boys? Good to be here. Yeah, keen for it this season, lads. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to learn, but I'm excited. Yes. Well, that's very much what what this is going to be about. I know a lot of the community out there. We're not we're AFL experts. We're not necessarily cricket experts. So hopefully, we can appeal to to people of all sorts of skill sets. Because I myself have no idea, and that's why we've brought in the experts in Azar and Dylan. Damo, you're a knowledgeable human being over in Perth as well. Uh, so, boys, we're really going to let you guys run with it. But community. If you are here, make sure you follow everyone on Twitter to keep up to date. Their Twitter tags will be in the show notes. And I guess we should say a shout out. Go to jockreynolds.com.au. There's already some great content coming out by Azza and Dill. We've got uh, fixture planners. We've got score breakdowns. We've got all the new rules. And I think we're going to touch on that today. But, folks, I'm excited to be here. Damo, take it away, beautiful bloody bastard. Uh, so this morning, the ODI and the T20 squads were released. Um, were there any names, named or not named, that surprised you guys, Azza and Dill? Yeah, look, I think uh, for me, the probably the, one of the big ones, um, obviously Nathan Lyon missing out. Um, I think that obviously gives a huge opportunity um, within the Sixers side. But again, it's probably going to be dependent on if he gets named in the test squad as well, because if he does, then obviously he's going to miss a fair chunk of the BBL uh, for there for me. Um, Dill, I think you had some thoughts as well. Yeah, one big omission for me was um, was Travis Head for the strikers. So he's sort of, I guess, a fringe player for both the test and the and the um, the shorter formats too for Australia. Um, but he's he's at one seventy three k batsman and bowler. Um, he, strikers love to use him um, for his off spinners um, throughout the twenty twenties. Um, plus he bats, you know, top three or four. Um, every game. So for me, that's an early um, positive side, uh, positive sign for our BBL sides. Um, I'm sure he'd love to be playing in the green and gold, but um, for us, that's awesome. Fellas, this you know, this might sound very simple and basic, but let's speak to those who are just starting out their BBL Supercoach journey. It, what's Why do we need to worry about these international players? How does that impact us and how does that affect our uh, team selections when it comes to BBL Supercoach? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's obviously a very difficult one because it's a very fine balancing act and something that you definitely have to take into consideration the season long. And it's not just the um, the Australian players um, that will miss out. Obviously, there are other series going on across the globe with uh, England and South Africa being one of note that happens just before the BBL kicks off. And, of course, with the world of COVID, it'll likely be that they'll have to quarantine for two weeks before then being available for the Big Bash. But um, it's just one of those things that you're always going to have to keep an eye on. Things change, as we know. Um, they will have an impact, and obviously it'll be something that uh, we here at Jock Reynolds will be covering as soon as we hear about it. But the big omissions, obviously, are going to be the Australian players throughout the summer um, against India, and then obviously any other ones that come up, um, England, South Africa, or um, I think there's a New Zealand tour um at the end of January, February as well, that'll probably impact things, but they're probably the big three for me. Um, Dill? Yeah, for sure. Those um, three tours, as you mentioned, but I guess it's also, I'm really big in both 
I guess the Supercoach AFL and the Supercoach BBL worlds, are, it's all about opportunity for players. So there'll be times where you get guys that are in and out. Um, I know for the BBL, the fixtures, are, they load up on these double game weeks. So that's where it, um, where a team will play twice in the one round. So effectively double points. Um, and then you've got buyers and more not playing in there as well. So it's really, if you can, um, I guess, ride the waves that the fixture presents. Um, and there'll be players like um, Marnus Labashane tonight, uh, the Savo signed with, with Heat again. He's at, um, 60 odd K he'll be you know if he's there and playing that's awesome value but if he's not not going to get a game then you know you're better off looking at a bloke who's 40k um, and will play every game sort of thing um, so that's a big takeaway for me is that sort of riding the waves of the fixtures which can be really um, challenging at times I guess um, especially given you know it's not like the AFL where you get teams on a Thursday night um, and you roll with that into the weekend this is like you get them right before the before the um the first balls bowled, yeah, and that's definitely right. It's something that um those fast paced turnarounds between the rounds can catch people out, especially when you'll find one round ends on a Tuesday night and then kicks off back again on a Wednesday afternoon. So it is very difficult when you don't have um the things like you do as you mentioned in the AFL, but it is definitely something that keeps us on our toes here at Supercoach BBL. Damo, it sounds like the good news is that people should have plenty of experience if they were playing Supercoach AFL during those condensed rounds because uh, it sounds very similar. Games sort of ran into the next round and uh, players were dropped, picked up, rested. We should have some experience here, Damo. Yeah, there should be some good preparation on that front thanks to the season just gone. Um, obviously, the test squad is also looming as well with the... Uh, with India coming over to Australia for those four tests. Mm. Um, is there anyone that wasn't named for the T20 or ODI squads that might be named for the test squad but that we all have to look that we all have to look out for? I think um, one of them, one of the big ones that was being mentioned is Travis Head um, for the Strikers. Obviously, we mentioned him before um, just because he's missed out in the ODI T20 squad, but he's probably one that is likely to feature in the test squad, similarly um, with the likes of Nathan Lyon as well too. Um, but they're the, probably the two that stand out for me um, looking at the ODI T20 squad. You're still going to get the likes of um, Hazelwood, who's going to see all, all three um Matthew Wade may get a gig. David Warner's obviously going to be all three. Um, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, they're all going to be playing out th- throughout all three formats of the game, ODI, T20 and Tests. So they're probably ones you're going to want to look to avoid. Um, but they're probably the other big one that we haven't spoken about, boys, is Cameron Green, um, obviously the player of the summer in the Sheffield Shield, who's now been named in the ODI T20 squad. Was obviously very cheap for us in Supercoach at 62 500, he was my first pick, and if he's going to be in this squad, maybe he only gets in a few games before heading over. Um, I don't know if he's going to be in it um, by the end of it when this season kicks off. Well, tell us, Azza, can you justify picking a guy who's only going to play a couple of games? Is, is it different to <laughs> AFL Supercoach where, you know, at the start of the year, I really want to pick players that are going to play every game? Can you get away in BBL with picking someone who's only going to play the first couple of games or do you really need to invest in guys who are going to be here for the bulk of the season? Yeah, look, again, it, it, it is a very fine balancing act. You do, you can obviously pick one players here and there, especially in the double game weeks, um, which we spoke of, where pe- the teams will play twice. Then you can pick those um, players that you know have those bit of edge and 
will be able to score you those maximum points because obviously in those double game weeks, you will get double points uh, from those players and they can be really valuable. But with um, teams like the Hobart Hurricanes who don't have a buy all season, they're pretty much going to be players you want to anchor in for the entire length of the season. And somebody like Darcy Short, who isn't featured in the ODI T20 squad, highly unlikely to get in the test squad. He's probably going to be one that's going to see my team all the way through, but I'm still going to be picking um, you know, odd, the odd players here and there just to be able to maximise my points throughout the year. But still, you do, in the end, you do still want to have a bit of a balancing act, but um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenging one with the um, fixtures, no doubt, as we've spoken about. Community, you can actually see the BBL's fixture planner that's up on jockreynolds.com.au. I believe there's a two versions of it, a basic one and a detailed one. So go in there, knock yourself out. It shows you when the teams have the buys, when they have the doubles. And am I right, boys, that the detailed one even has international matches uh, locked in there? Yeah, that's very right. Um, obviously, it was something that I worked on very early and um, we'll hopefully look to update that as much as possible as um, squads and series are confirmed so hopefully we can get a huge picture in play to see what players aren't going to be playing in what round so you can work around that and tailor it so we'll have as much information possible for all of the fans out there to use um, in preparation for those rounds. Damo, Dill, this question's probably for you guys. I'm a absolute novice when it comes to Supercoach BBL. I made a team last year and I Gave up after a couple of rounds. My, I'm endeavouring not to do this, that this year. For people in a similar boat, let's talk scoring and let's talk pricing. How does it? How does the scoring work? What's awarded what? And in terms of pricing, am I looking at spending five hundred thousand dollars on a primo, or is the scoring, is the pricing, a different structure to say an AFL super coach? Yeah, so it's a, it's a, the pricing is a little bit different. Um, so you got your. Your premiums are really around, you know, two hundred odd k, give or take fifty either side, and then you've got your rookies that are anywhere from forty to sixty is a general sort of rule. Um, the scoring, unlike AFL Supercoach, where it's you know all based on champion data stuff, and you can, it's sort of, um, I guess, scaled in many ways. The BBL, it's you get a wicket, you get twenty points. You hit a run, you get a point, sort of thing. So it's um a little bit more, um, objectives probably not the right word, but you can sort of follow it as you go. Um. Um, and they're watching the game. So that's um, one of the major differences um, I've found. Um, Damo, did you want to jump in there? So as I put something up on the website uh, yesterday um, about the new scoring and what it means for certain players based on last year's scoring, and it looks like um, batters are going to be rewarded more than they were last season to sort of even up uh, the scoring sort of breakdown when it comes to bowlers and batters and even fielders a little bit. Uh, Azza, did you want to run through that a bit? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so obviously there has been a number of changes to the scoring system in an attempt to level the playing field, as we probably saw, uh, for those of you that played last year, um, bowlers featured heavily in the top um, 10 uh, scoring averages, whereas the Batsmen obviously didn't do so well, so obviously they've um, the folks out there at the Supercoach HQ have tried to level the playing field um, a little bit. So probably the biggest thing that we've seen um, in terms of the changes to point scoring is the new strike rate bonus, which is um, taken over from the old system where if you scored 
40 runs off 22 balls, then you would have got 40 points for your runs and then an extra 18 bonus points for the difference between the balls and the score. But this year, it's no, it's a strike rate bonus. So again, if you were going off that analogy of 40 balls, uh, sorry, 40 runs off 22 balls, that would give you a strike rate of 181, which obviously means you'd get 25 points now. Um, if you've got a strike rate of 150 to 160, it's 20, 140, 150, 15, etc, etc. But the big thing for me with this um, new change is this strike rate bonus only takes effect if a batsman scores more than 20 runs. So we're probably going to see the likes of the lower end of batsmen not really take advantage of this, but we might see those middle-order batsmen that come in um, late in the feature of BBLs who smack the ball around. Someone like a Muhammad Nabi, he's going to be one that will benefit from this um, new scoring system pretty well, and it's something that I'll be featuring on in an upcoming article for sure. Another and Dill, I think that. there's bonus points in there as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, go for yeah, it. You, no, you touched on that one as I was <laughs> jumping afterwards. Yeah, so um, yes, that's right. So there is another um, two bonuses that they've added in. Um, so gone is the days where you got bonuses for hitting a four or a six. They've now changed that you get a bonus 10 points if you score 50 runs and you get 20 points if you score 100 runs. And we are uh, seeking clarification because we're just wanting to check should a player score 50 and go on to score 100, do they score 20, or do they score 30? So the second that we have that confirmation from Supergoose Coach Q, we'll be sure to pass that on through our Twitter feed, so be watching that very closely. I actually I, think that uh, Tim Mitchell clarified that today, and I think you get 20 so. points for turning up. Oh, good on him. Just another name on, on what Az was mentioning there before in terms of a bloke like Muhammad Nabi. John Wells is another one, um, another Adelaide player, but sort of guy who, you know, comes in and really, if the if the if a side's lost a couple of wickets early on in the piece, gets a bat out, you know, fifteen overs potentially. Um, so that's you potentially get a really, you know, a decent look, and you can get your eye in, and then you can go off at the end of the innings, which where you got that strike rate bonus could be really, um, I guess, valuable points for our side. Mm, yeah, and probably another one's um, probably the likes of your. Your batter bowlers like Ben Cutting as well too, who we know can definitely hit the ball and have a huge strike rate, but also have an impact with the ball too. So there are those definite players, um, as you say, that uh, we should be watching out for. Yeah, for sure. Now, fellas, I believe the system has been changed in regards to emergencies this year. And my first question is, can I captain loophole? Is that a thing in BBL? Short answer, yes. Long answer, yes. So they have changed the emergency scoring this this year. Uh, Last year, we had an automatic emergency, so you could not select your emergencies like you could um, in AFL Supercoach. However, they have moved over to that system, so now you can select your emergencies, one per line, which does allow you to have a captain loophole option. Which is so massive, you... especially in a double. Ga- Sorry, I'd like to cut you off, but that's massive in a double game week where you potentially get um, a bloke on the, oh, say a Friday night, just to roll with it, an AFL structure. But you get a guy on the Friday night and the Sunday. Um, he potentially doesn't do much on the on the Friday night, so you're then you're then weighing up. Let's say, um, let's go with um, just as an example. You've got Usman Kawaja playing a double game week and short um, just the single. If Kawaja scores five um, the first week. 
you then um, leave the sea on short. Um, but if Kawaja then goes and scores 60, uh, you're potentially looking at taking that as a as a loophole. So it's sort of, a, I guess, uh, similar to the AFL, we get a, um, a sort of two hits at it. This one you almost get three in many ways. Um, so really effective, I think. Well, that's what I was, I was going to say. It sounds like it could potentially use, be used as a little bit of a catch-up mechanic. I know a lot of the times last year, I didn't have a hell of a lot of an idea of what I was doing and I was getting caught out. I was putting the captain on a guy who was expensive and playing a double game weekend, but he was only scoring five points in that first game. And it's like, well, it's probably a waste. I probably should have just chucked it on the my better player. Um, and now it sounds like if, if that happens, you might be able to tweak it a bit and get, get yeah, three bites at the cherry. Yeah, for sure. And that's the captaincy, I think, is um, more important in Supercoach BBL compared to what it is in, in AFL. You know, with the AFL, you've got 20 other blokes where you can sort of make up, um, well, let's say, 150 points sort of thing. Whereas the BBL, you've only got 10 other guys. Um, and if, you know, that sort of, there's far less room to sort of catch up. So the captaincy pick just becomes so much more important. And I think it's also Demo. something. Oh, sorry. Oh, you, no, you guys go. Yeah. No, I think it's also something um, important to touch on too with the double game weeks, and it's something I know um, Dylan Damon you mentioned just there is something you don't really want to be unlucky to is falling in the trap of a double game week because, as we mentioned, you could have a player you put the captaincy on. He only scores five because you, he's on a double game week. Sometimes it may not be best to get caught out on that because, as we said, someone like a Darcy Short or a Marcus Stoinis or if, um, somebody like Will Jacks um, signs for the Hurricanes, fingers crossed, they are already going to be scoring pretty highly. So it's not something you do want to get sucked in too much, um, and especially loading your teams up on double game week players can have its advantage, but do remember you've only got three trades per week. So if you've got a f- full team and then you've got um, a team that's got a buy, you're going to be missing out on some points the following week. So try try not to overstack on a single team if you can avoid it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And look ahead as well. Um, I think obviously the fixture at the moment is, I guess, not set in stone, but Looking ahead a week or two in advance can mean you potentially go get in two guys who are on the double game week for that current round and then look at another guy who's got a double game week in a round or two. Um, so you can sort of, um, I don't know if you can understand what I'm saying, but like you, you sort of stack players uh, weeks in advance. Um, mm. So let's say Renegades have a double game week in, in three weeks. I might get Finch in um, round one. And then round two, I might look at getting Sean Marsh in. And then for the double game week in round three, I might go and get Pattinson and Narvi as well. So you can sort of get – that's, a, that's a, I guess, an alternative route to getting – to maximising those double game week points without stacking your team with, you know, players from all the one or two sides, as, as, as I mentioned. Yeah, I think um, it is something important to know that, that you, if you want to put it in relevant terms for AFL Supercoach um, – Think of it in terms of looking towards the bye weeks. So you don't want to be caught out by having a player with a, a, a zero on the week, but in terms of BBL, you want to be looking forward to those double game weeks. So you do want to be trading those players in early to um, take advantage of that. So that's um, a good point to look out for there, Dill. All right, gentlemen, let's talk for the for the, for the the beginners and those who haven't uh, started their preseason research. Who are the locks? What what sort of players are you looking at and you're like, this guy is the, I don't know, who's a lock in AFL Supercoach? This guy's the Max Gorn of, of BBL. Damo, does anyone jump off the page at you yet? 
Uh, well, obviously the fixture is up in the air, so I you can't pick this guy based on the current fixture, but I really like um, Mitch Swepson that's gone over to the Heat. Uh, he's, he's, he's a bowler and uh, he's quite cheap in comparison to some others that might score fairly similarly to him. Uh, I just think the move to to the Heat would really help his scoring boost up that little bit more. There's also, um, with the players selected for the ODI and the T20 squads, squads Dan Christian also stands out to me, but um, he can have games, as, as I was saying earlier, where he just doesn't fire, fire a shot and then other games where he can score 150, 160 in, in one game and goes absolutely bananas. But I still think that him moving from the Renegades to the Sixers might, especially considering where he might bat and where, and how many overs he might bowl, he's one to consider at 105K as well. You've also got um, Will Pachowski as well. I think that's how you say his surname, uh, who's 42K. He's been mentioned by the Stars as someone that they want to get games into as well. Yeah, awesome. What about you, Az? Uh, look, for me, uh, obviously the big one, um, I've already mentioned his name. For me, I like the likes of Muhammad Nabi. Um, he's a batter bowler, so we've got the flexibility there like we have in AFL dual position player. Um, but his form is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, if we look at his form overseas, um, you know, he's been pretty dominant um, in the IPL and the, also the Caribbean League where he was been taking... Uh, regular wickets, including even a five for fifteen, which on that day, if you look at his stats alone, you know four overs, five for fifteen, fifteen dot balls, and a catch. It's a monster hundred and eighty five super coach points, which is absolutely huge. And with Renegades having uh, a bye week pretty early, and then another one before his bye, he is going to be one that I'm locking in very early. Got me excited, and Dill, I'm sure you've got a few names locked away. Yeah, I guess you know. With, well, I guess with any form of supercoach, you don't want to overcomplicate things too much. So, um, for me, locking in primos who are going to pump you a good score out each week—that's awesome. Um, so, Rashid Khan's a name that stands out for me. Um, 192k, but he's, you know, even if he's having an off day because of the sort of bowler he is, opposition batsmen disrespect him anyway. So he can potentially, you know, be slightly off, but. Because they respect him so much, he doesn't leak runs, often gets wickets, um, potentially bowls late in the piece as well, which means, you know, batsmen are sort of going the tonk and, and a little bit more susceptible to, to getting out. So he's a, um, a key figure for me. He also um, has a bit of a swing late in the innings. Um, Darcy Short, um, I think he's the most expensive player in the game, um, but he's he's another one that, you know, he opens a batting, um, bowls a few overs here and there in a similar mould to Travis Head. Um, so he's he's another one to keep an eye out for. Um, for me, I think. Um, and then Glenn Maxwell, he's a little bit... Um, I'm a Stars man, so I'm a little bit biased towards him, um, but I liken him um, to James Sisley in the AFL Supercoach. So he's, you know, could, he potentially goes out for six um, and doesn't do a lot. But if he gets his... You know, if he bowls a few overs and he has one of those games where he goes totally ballistic, um, those are points that um, super valuable. Sounds exciting. And I, I won't give any tips because... No, uh, you've no, you've named the three players that I can name. <laughs> I don't even know what team I go for, boys. Like, oh well, that's, when, not, when the... that's something we definitely need to find, and I think that we need to open that up onto our Jock Reynolds Twitter page. We need to pick you a side for the season. 
I'm I'm open to it. I've uh, I went to the first ever game and I, I was a stars man watching Shane Warne play. And since then, I've been to one Renegades game and had a lot of fun. Uh, my only involvement has been with the uh, Victorian All Stars, which did some practice matches against the uh, both the Renegades and the Stars. So yeah, I'm I'm undecided. I'm a I'm a neutral supporter at this stage. Everyone happy to go for anyone. Renegades. Sorry. <laughs> Um, what else do we need to talk about, boys? Are there any players that you are ruling out? Obviously, availability aside, is there any player that has come through too expensive after last season? That's a good question. Uh, well, just having a look now, it seems a few of the Hurricanes players seem to be a little bit inflated. Um, Scott Boland's at 170k. Um, Riley Meredith said 184k. I just think there's there's better value than those guys. Um, no, not knocking them as players, but you know, you look down the list. You've got um, Liam, Liam Livingston. Um, pardon me from the Scorchers. He's um, 165. Siddle's 160. Um, Kane Richardson's 160 as well. Uh, these guys, you know, for a similar output, um, there it's only like 20 or 30 grand difference, but in such a, like you only pick fifteen players, so that twenty or thirty grand could be really useful to put um, into a slightly better bench player, um, or sort of up, I guess, at um, a B grade primo to an A grade primo. So um, I'd probably steer clear of. There's a few Hurricane, Hurricanes boys that I'm a little bit um, sus on early, um, but yeah, it, it, unlike the AFL, where you sort of get, um, you know, you watch the jail, the um, what's it called now, the um, the Marsh series prior to it, and you sort of get an idea of what roles players are going to play. You there's not really the same lead up into the, the BBL. Um, so it can often take a week um, or a round or so to sort of work out um, what sort of a role the player will play. Um, so, you know, I mentioned Glenn Maxwell before is, you know, someone who you should really look at. But if he doesn't bowl anything, then batting at number four, he probably, you know, he's probably one that you don't touch. Um, so it can be hard to guess, I guess, from the get-go, um, and generally around or so when we sort of work out um, what everyone's sort of going to be doing. Just speaking tactically here, fellas, Damo, maybe you have some insight on this. If I've invested in a in a primo like a Glenn Maxwell, or who's a little bit underpriced as a, in terms of primo, let's say I, I get Glenn Maxwell and he doesn't uh, start contributing early. Is, do you ride players in Supercoach uh, BBL or do you have to bin them pretty quick smart if they're not uh, hitting the standard? I guess it depends because in AFL, you got to trust your primos will bounce back. But with the short turnarounds in games and the double games weeks and the buys, you, you sort of have to make a call. And sometimes the call can bite you in the bum, but the beauty of this format is you can fluctuate in rank pretty easy, pretty easy, easily. Like we found last year that most players who were in that top 100 would constantly drift in and out of it before anchoring themselves to a certain rank. So if you're going for rank, I don't think it's a big problem if you need to boot someone for not contributing or holding on to them for maybe one or two more weeks if you if you need to. But players do go in and out of form, even though it's a short series. Um, but 
I also do think that because the series is so short, you can't hold on for players that aren't performing for too long. Yeah, I'd agree with what Damo was saying there. It's a little bit of a, I guess, a case-by-case basis. You're not going to throw out um, someone based off one performance, but if you've got someone that's, let's say Darcy Short at 245K, if he, let's say, you know, has a pretty ordinary game two weeks in a row, that price is potentially getting to the point where even if he plays well in that third match, he's still going to drop anyway. Um, and I guess playing with the the, um, the money and the value side of this is, is super important as well because the, the fluctuations of players um, happens pretty quickly and pretty rapidly. Um, and one or two scores can sort of change that pretty easily. Um, so I think I wouldn't boot players based on one game, but... You know, as as Damo said, I think there comes a point in time where you got to, you know, bite the bullet and take a risk, um, and hope that the guy that you jump on will match that score, or at least in terms of, of a um, a financial difference, one will rise and the other will drop. And the worst case scenario, you do the the reverse in a week or so. Great. So I'm just going to basically ask you guys every time whether I should uh, drop a player or not. Cool. <laughs> Oh, look, I'm sure that um, during the weeks to come and throughout the season, the, there'll be weekly articles that we'll be putting out at Jock Reynolds to help those guys, uh, fans out there, make those decisions um, about which players you should be targeting to bring in, which ones you might be targeting to, to drop this week, and also looking at captains as well. So there'll be plenty of content coming soon. That's very exciting, boys. It's very exciting. It feels like we've sort of reached a, a natural crescendo here on the debut Supercoach BBL episode. It's been a bloody pleasure. You guys have uh, absolutely carried me, so thank you for that, everyone. Um, it's been awesome. I guess my message to everyone is head to the website, read the content, and go and sign up for Supercoach BBL. Even if you've never played and you don't watch BBL like me, let's do the, let's join the journey and uh, see how we go. I don't know when the next episode will be, but we'll try and make these as regular as possible. Obviously, the seasons aren't week by week like in the AFL, but we will try and have one out fairly regularly to help you along your journey in 2020-2021 season for BBL. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you, Azza. Thank you, Dill. Thank you, Lekdog. Uh, We'll see you next time.